Hello everyone, hello, it's Tom here, welcome back to Alpha Metallica, thank you so much for listening, really, really appreciate you digging the show, everyone that is uh, subscribing to the channel on YouTube, please subscribe if you haven't yet, subscribe to us also on iTunes, follow us on Twitter as well, at MetallicaPod, if you want to get in touch with the show, that's MetallicaPod at gmail.com, we'd love to hear from you, maybe you've got opinions on the songs, maybe you want to come on the show, let me know, you know, great to have guests on, today's guest in particular was Martin Popoff, someone that I was uh, genuinely privileged, honoured to have on, we had an awesome discussion about Metallica. Metallica's Am I Evil, which we'll get to shortly. We touched on, obviously, the band's rendition of the song, the, the Diamond Head, the band they covered the song from, their sort of era, Martin's expertise in Thrash. Awesome, awesome conversation. Exactly what I want this show to be. And again, yeah, I just want to say thank you, everyone that's been listening. You know, the numbers are coming up and coming up. We're on episode 5 right now. I've about, planned about 150, 160, so we're, uh, you know, we're not even 5% of the way there, but I appreciate you all listening. And I should say as well, if you want to help out the show finally, go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews are very very useful not just for my ego but for the algorithm as well they can help us get discovered get more listeners get more notoriety whatever but yeah if you want to help the show please leave a review please follow us uh, on all the social network things that i was speaking about as well but thank you so much we're going to be doing uh, am i savage to sort of counterpart to this next week but as of this week this is with martin popoff and we're going into am i evil so i'm very excited to introduce to alpha metallica martin popoff the heavy metal journalist martin how's it going man Hey, doing okay, Tom. Thanks for having me. Awesome awesome to have you on, Martin, because uh, obviously I've been using the complete illustrated history to Metallica as kind of my Bible as I've been doing the contextual research. It's a a fantastic book full of awesome um, photos and biographical information there. But um, it's not, you know, it's one of many books that you've written, isn't it? Going onto your website, you've you've written, you know, countless editions on, on so many classic bands. Yeah, I think I'm up to 69 at this point. Wow. I, I've actually had three or four out in the last month, more or less. Uh, Hit the Lights, which is our early history of thrash, which we'll enter into what we're talking about, I suppose. Um, um, a Motorhead book, uh, a Rush book called Album by Album, wow. where I, I got a bunch of people together and we, uh, I, I commandeer sort of a discussion between two people per studio album. That was kind of cool. Mm. And I'm working on the second uh, edition of this uh, trilogy on thrash, Timeline and Quotes. Uh, format uh, that'll cover off 83 to uh, 86 but uh, in terms of Metallica there was there was the one illustrated history and then that thing just got uh, updated as a soft cover with a few extra pages um, just uh, a few months ago as well yeah, it's, it's a fantastic edition. I want to reiterate that. I urge people to check it out. Like, one of the beauty uh, of Metallica, they're such a giant band. There are so many kind of illustrated editions out there. But this is definitely the, the best one I've found. And I'm going to ask all the guests this in general terms, Martin. I mean, Metallica as a band for you, before you were writing about them, how did, what were your first memories of discovering them? Boy, first memories was getting um, Kill 'Em All home, and uh, me and my partner in crime, uh, a buddy named Forrest Hoop. You know, we were the two, you know, super knowledgeable metalheads in our small town in BC. Um, you know, we put it on and loved it, but we're sort of confused about it. It, I, I remember, it came out a nine out of ten. It was not a ten out of ten. There were right. still ten or so records we liked better because. It was it was very interesting. We could tell it was a new kind of music. Um, it, you know, this this sort of sped up hyper new wave of British heavy metal, but not really. A little more steely, a little more shouty and angry, and uh, and that we didn't quite like that about it. But uh, but I also remember that it just like was riff after riff after riff. The production was amazing. The playing was super tight. So it was uh, it was a band that definitely threw us for a loop. Um, you know, as I say, we were twenty. Uh, and I just remember um, it just being, uh, you know, we were sure that this was a slightly different new kind of heavy metal at the time. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm quite jealous, actually, Martin, because you got to experience Metallica essentially in real time. You know, I, I myself, I, I was 13, 14 in 2005 when I discovered them. So, so many, yeah. so, so much of the history, you know, the, the ultimate history had been written to a certain extent. And I was kind of following it like as, as a fan of Metallica. I mean, they've had such a varied and wild career. It must have been quite crazy to really trace their history as it went on. Yeah, I mean, I do remember um, almost, you know, uh, Ride the Lightning almost being one of the greatest, our favorite albums of all time oh. when that came out because it was such an improvement over Kill 'Em All. And then Master was sort of Ride Part Two, and that was amazing. So they, they were one of our favorite bands uh, in the late 80s, although granted, you know, tastes were uh, expanding beyond uh, just being young, angry metalheads. Um, but yeah, then they changed a lot. You know, I, I, I liked the next one. I was not so thrilled with uh, Black album i kind of figured it was their uh judas priest british steel where they dumbed it down and slowed it down (laughs) i kind of wanted them to slow it down and 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 even to an extent dumb it down a little because some of my favorite songs were those uh fairly commercial songs off the earlier albums but i found it too slow Mm. uh slow and sluggish and then load and reload i wasn't quite on board for those and then St. Anger was a little odd, but now I think they're totally back. I, I, I totally love the last two albums. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, I was listening to Death Magnetic quite a bit today, actually. It's a fantastic release, uh, as, as is Hardwired. But we're, um, you know, this is Alpha Metallica. We're going, we're going song by song here. You know, we're on, we're on track five now, so we're very early into our, into our mix. And you, hey. were, you were talking earlier about sort of, you know, how you thought it was quite, quite different, quite, quite a new idea for metal. And we get to the first cover. Uh, Metallica have done tons and tons of covers over their career. They kind of collected into Garage Inc but this was actually a b-side originally for creeping death this being am i evil like i mean i'm not too familiar martin i know you're, you're quite an authority on on this sort of music um with diamond head like i mean they're, they're a huge influence on metallica and bands of this ilk weren't they yes i mean metallica were just voracious music fans but they uh you know completely latched onto the new wave of british heavy metal as as all of us did at that time because this was this was the first metal that was super proud to be metal almost every record turned out metal you weren't you weren't disappointed when you came back from the record store with a record with you know five long-haired guys on it and it turned out to be ario speedwagon or something (laughs) like that um you know basically um they were really into this stuff and and it's very interesting that uh okay so first of all metallica as they as they start playing they they uh they play a lot of covers and they do play basically new wave of british heavy metal covers and and the band most represented is diamond head and they would go on to as you quite correctly uh, stated this is their first you know official uh release of a cover and it's it is a b-side to creeping death but you know then they eventually made the covers ep and that had uh, helpless on it i believe diamond head right yeah and, um, and they, the prince yeah yeah they covered the prince i don't think they put prince on garage days no Revisited. no no i think i don't think the not yeah. on garage inc yeah mm-hmm. um so so you know they ascend they eventually went on to uh you know record officially a lot of these diamond head songs and what i find interesting about them covering diamond head is there's this there's this um sort of uh, idea that lars really knew the quality new wave of british heavy metal in terms of songwriting when he saw it diamond head was not a showy band um these songs were not particularly well arranged they were maybe even too long but he could tell that diamond head were diamonds in the rough more or less and uh, and realized good songwriting when he saw it and you know over there in the in the uk i mean basically um diamond head were being touted as as the next led zeppelin one of those mm. kinds of bands they were they were considered to be 
you know, much better than everybody else, a little exalted, a little superstar. And the second album was even more epic and less metal. And then the next one was even more almost almost like progressive metal. Hmm. Um, so so they had these bigger aspirations, which really made sense with Lars, because, you know, Lars was the type of guy who who would, you know, who obviously just just basically he's a super talented guy so so he knew talent when he saw it and he actually went over to the uk and and tracked those guys down and bounded in yeah. there as a short 16 year old and ended up following them around on mm-hmm. tour and sleeping on uh, his you know brian's parents couch and became yeah. fast friends um you know and and just basically said we're going to be the biggest band in the world we love you guys we yeah. play your songs and, and all that kind of thing right so um so basically, he keyed right in on this band, although, you know, he loved, you know, I, I'm not going to say dozens because there weren't dozens, but he, he, he liked a couple of dozen other new wave of British heavy metal al- uh, bands with albums. Maybe there are more than a couple dozen without albums. Of course, there are. Um, but um, no, this was a, this was a really good choice um, for them. And um, and if I may sort of delve into the song a little bit. Please. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about this song is, okay, so you know how I, I mentioned earlier that Kill em All is, uh, it, you know, we noticed it was money riffs. Uh, mm. Phil, Phil from Pantera talks about this, how we wanted to create a band where every every riff was a money riff, that, mm. that you just loved the riff. And that's kind of what Kill em All was. It was just cool riff after riff after yep. riff stacked up in a row. Um, but it wasn't particularly always super fast and thrashy. Um, there were songs that grooved at a pace like Am I Evil? And if if you look at Am I Evil, it is almost put together like a song uh, like Metallica would do even then, and they've even returned to even now, meaning that it's a long song. It's got it's got a groovy, mid, mid-paced, mid you know, grinding heavy metal groove, but it also even has a fast bit thrown in. Mm. Um, so it, it has a thrashy bit, and I put that in quotes because, you know, nobody really from the New Wave of British Heavy Metal thrashed, especially Diamond Head. They were not thrashy at all. Mm. They didn't even have a thrashy vocal. They had a pretty clean vocal on top. Um, but when you notice Metallica play it, um, to, to use as this B-side, they actually take that fast part and, and make it more of a palm-muted thrash. Um, so so they're, they're even finding within Diamond Head a place to uh, explore thrash. Um, now, the other thing about Diamond Head that's interesting, you know, I, I've often posited that <clears throat> one of the big things about thrash music besides double bass and speed and palm-muted and real machine gun riffs and a thrashy vocal and all that is that... Um, you know, uh, melody-wise, it's it's essentially doom music sped up. I mean, mm-hmm. we might even say there's certain songs throughout Black Sabbath that you could call the first thrash songs, maybe a symptom of the universe or even paranoid in a very rudimentary way. Right. Um, but uh, Diamond Head were were they're from Birmingham, first of all, and they they have that they have that uh, doomy element, and this song is totally doomy. This is a this is basically a doom song. And Metallica, you know, they had tons and tons of doom riffs uh, throughout throughout their career, except usually they play, played them faster and tighter and less stoner. Um, mm. So Am I Evil has the doom thing. It has the fast bit. It's a long song. Um, the lyrics are pretty cool, too. The lyrics are sort of about this guy whose mom gets burned yeah. as a 
the witch and he wonders if he's evil himself yeah. and then there's these strange mentions of 27 and double dozen it's right. almost he went out and killed 27 people or something i don't know um but but they're very kind of oblique and abstract lyrics but but they are cool lyrics and they're and they're quite poetic in the way that that sean uh, i i assume it's sean who wrote the lyrics um put 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 them together so um it's got all these elements that you would you would like in a in a metallica song and and one one other thing I'd like to just mention, um, you know, the idea of Metallica covering Diamond Head in 1984 from a from an album from 1980, I believe it is, mm-hmm. um, it it's it's something that uh, that really like a band of our tribe would do. And a band of our tribe, the first one that did that really was Iron Maiden. They were they were in there covering obscure metal that they loved that right. wasn't even all that particularly old. So Metallica doing this, it's almost like picking up the baton from Iron Maiden with all their cool, awesome covers. Uh, they even heavied up songs that weren't that heavy. Or they, they would take the heaviest song by Skyhooks or Jethro Tull or Golden Earring or whatever and and make a heavy version of it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that is a really cool thing about metallica here they're basically saying you know we're one of you uh we we love our metal so much we're even going to cover an obscure band because we're not doing this to make money we're doing this because we love metal and we want to show people great metal bands so they cover an obscure band from basically three or four years earlier um and they're they're just playing dj they're just saying hey man Check these guys out. We love them. You should love them too. Here's here's our cover of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the intro to this song as well. You effectively have a minute of uh, a slow build, isn't it? It does genuinely feel evil with the note choice and kind of the charging heraldic drums there and kind of the melody line playing against it. And, you know, I've, I've got to say, uh, Martin, I wasn't necessarily... I was aware of this song because obviously I was aware of um, Garage Days and stuff like this, but I wasn't aware necessarily of the original cover of it. I have since watched some fantastic renditions on YouTube of them playing it on sort of like i mean it's funny actually you mentioned they're from birmingham i'm from birmingham as well myself uh, originally oh, cool. and they're from stourbridge which is um i used to go <laughs> I used to go for swimming lessons in stourbridge when i was a young <laughs> child so it's uh, yes. kind of interesting to see that, that that place cropping up again but yeah cool. and and you mentioned the money riff as well and i do i do sense that like especially in the quicker riff in the middle it has traces of me the quicker riff of seek and destroy kind of when 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 the song kind of kicks up in the tempo and kind of and kind of moves like that and it's that chug isn't it it's that pedal point it's kind of using that open e and moving the power chords on top of it and it's such a satisfying listen am i evil i think yes and just before we you know address that i mean you you bring up the intro which is interesting because that's all that uh, gustav holtz planets uh situation right um, so that's a, that's a classical riff. So they're picking Diamond Head is picking a doomy classical riff from however many hundreds of years ago, and that is also a uh, an Iron Maiden thing with the Ides of March. You know these big dramatic intros to songs. Um, so that's a great way to pick up and Halica again finding something that you know uh, you know obviously it's it's cooked into the Diamond Head song, but but they they love that idea too. It's it's just a great dramatic thing. Thrash is a big dramatic mu- music, and it's just a, a cool way to open up a song. But yeah, um, you're right. It, it is it is very seek and destroy later on. Uh, you know, Metallica. Uh, you know, I, I I would say they aren't a band where you feel lifts uh, being used in the songs from all the bands. They're not a band like that. I mean, everything they wrote was was essentially very very original. There's very very little that you feel. Ah, I kind of notice a part there or whatever. Because their whole their whole premise was to just be faster and heavier than what came before. They just seem to know. 
um, that that they were they were moving on from the new wave of British heavy metal and creating something uh, different. Um, but yeah, they 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 would find these songs that that um, you know don't necessarily have the, the obvious um, the obvious connection to what they're doing. Like they could have played Motorhead or Tank songs, right? Um, and it, and and it would have been a, a closer fit, or or more Maiden songs, or maybe well, not even really Angel Witch. Angel Witch actually sounds quite a bit like Diamond Head, um, but um, but no, this is just this almost this basically feels like a song that they could have written. Um, back then not certainly yeah. not now the length is there but right now they would have three times as many riffs into it i think it's a bit of a shortcoming of what they're doing now they're writing them too long and too full of riffs but but you could see them writing a song like this and putting it on one of those first three albums mm-hmm, certainly and I, I love the way that the intro kind of comes apart and you have the kind of guitar reinforcing the drums there and you know kind of the, the whole kind yeah. of propulsive rhythm and then it comes apart slightly and you get another kind of you mentioned Holtz before that kind of classical inflection there with the legato with the kind of you know that classic kind of pull on pull off kind of thing and giving us a bit of space before we get into the main riff I mean um, I wanted to ask you what like this song is famous you know I kind of I I tend to when I'm doing research YouTube's a great resource YouTube comments specifically just what are people saying about this song Am I Evil and one of the common threads I've seen is is the guitar solo like what what do you make it's a very long guitar solo towards the end Boy, you know, honestly, I, I can't remember uh, the story on the guitar solo. Right. So, so you're talking about Metallica's version of the guitar solo? Yeah, I, su- I suppose. I'm not quite sure if it's a note-by-note thing. But, I mean, I guess we can talk more broadly about sort of what Kirk was doing in this kind of thrash era where it's not as kind of coherent and, and melodic, perhaps. It just kind of has that attack, doesn't it? No, yeah. I mean, Kirk, because uh, I can't picture this per, it, this exact solo in my right. head, but I know I know Kirk as a soloist, very strange soloist for thrash. I mean, he's mm. basically more from the Tony Iommi school, a lot of wah-wah and a lot of yeah. just, just kind of wandering around. He's got a very airy, abstract quality to him, you know, which is probably just one of the things, more of a subliminal thing that people loved about Metallica. They had so many, you know, strange little... Um, things where they were better than other people or different and and you put it all together um and it and it just made for a great band they they had these four distinct personalities so those were those were built up and and we learned about them through the press they they were clearly the best songwriters i mean when the exodus album finally came out you know people talk about oh what a great thrash classic and all that but it's it's eons behind in terms of songwriting right. versus uh where metallica were you know it's pretty much on par where metallica were with kill them all but by the time i ride the lightning i mean they were just Mm. miles ahead of exodus and and no one was even coming close at that point i mean basically you know ride the lightning and master are well i i had a book out called uh, the top 500 heavy metal albums of all time which was taken from a huge poll and then i wrote about them master of puppets won top album of all time wow top heavy album of all time in that book so you know it's a beloved beloved record um but yeah i mean this this song really does sound like a song that they could have written it's it's got a lot of parts but not too many parts it's just it's just sensible and catchy all the way through Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you mentioned the lyrics prior as well. It has a fantastic opening couplet, which kind of has a nice kind of sestina, a nice twist to it. So my mother was a bitch, she was burned alive, and it's kind of, okay, we're in sort of common heavy metal territory. But I like, thankless little bitch for the tears that I cried. So this kind of sense of the kind of disenfranchised child with a supernatural mother, it's just a very nice opening. 
Yeah, the first uh, the first line is witch, not bitch, right? A witch. You said, you said oh, sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Mother was a witch, thankless little bitch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. My, my very important. There, but yeah, very, very. Yeah, important. yeah. It's it's odd. I I don't know a lot about what what the lyrics are about, other yeah. than this idea that this guy basically is wondering if he is evil because his mother was a witch. So so and then and then there's these the, there's these sort of vengeful. There's even some things where they're talking about the steel and the sword and stuff, where you yeah. think like it's it's almost like a more a historical like a viking slaughter of some sort uh, or something from back in time so it, it, it makes the song timeless it doesn't talk about my broken down cortina or anything like that in it no. right <laughs> <laughs> so so you know it's uh it's definitely uh it's definitely a cool mystical weird weird thing and um you know and, and it fits with the whole the whole feel of diamond head they, they were kind of this epic band that did have this sort of mystical aura about them i mean everybody knew that that album was uh you know, a little bit rough and raw, and the arrangements were not very sophisticated, and they would even stick on a riff maybe too long or whatever. It is a classic, classic New Wave British Heavy Metal album, but it's one of these where it's classic, but it's people people have to really know their metal to realize why it's classic. It's not flashy and obviously classic. It's just, it's just wow, these are kind of cool songs. Mm. They're, they're sometimes too simple. But they're great in their simplicity, even, uh, mm-hmm. and they're maybe too long. But it's like, well, I don't mind them being this long. So, so that's why it's kind of a cool song because I, I believe the Diamond Head version clocks in at seven sixty one or something like that. It's pretty right. long. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a great choice by by Metallica. Yeah, yeah. And you say um, great in their simplicity, and you're spot on, really, because I love the rhetorical kind of laconicness of the chorus. Am I evil? He asks. Yes, I am. Am I evil? I am man. Like, you know, it's just a very kind of base thing there, but but quite deep in its own sense, I think, and, and quite, quite anthemic. Yeah, and the I am man, like, makes it makes it universal and yeah. or we talk about all of mankind now or whatever. And, you know, thinking of the song running through my head, too, the other thing that I like about it is it is it breaks down between, you know, full speed and half time. Yeah. Uh, the place right and that's that's kind of the thing about it and metallica loved groove right they they basically um you know they they perfected the idea of just having the the big monster metal groove and i suppose a lot of people would say the biggest metal grooves the fattest grooves are on the black album but you know they were they were practicing that all the time and and the way that this this song you know breaks between regular time and half time um is just a cool way to build metal groove and and lars would have noticed that right away Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, well, that that is "Am I Evil," uh, which is a, a fan, uh, yeah, interesting song, definitely. You know, I, I think, it, and, and as a kind of artifact, early on in this exploration, historically going back to Metallica, it's interesting to pick apart. And um, just before we uh, we we depart, um, have you ever? I always going to ask people this as well. I I've never actually done this, Martin. Have you ever seen Metallica live? Oh yes, yeah, a few yeah. times. Uh, and, yeah. and last well, time, in fact, was really cool because it was a. Uh, you know, they were on a promotional tour for their uh, their latest album, and they played a little club here in Toronto. So I got to see them in a club setting. Oh, wow! You know, absolutely packed, um, but uh, ne- nonetheless, we all we all got in. I was way near the back, but it was you know, this is a, a club just down the street from my office, and they and they basically, you know, it fits about uh, a thousand people or so. So that was really cool. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I've I, I've been watching a lot of their live performances and sort of tracing there, and I think they're they're better than ever of late. They they're such a tight performance on stage yeah yeah a lot of people i i don't know a lot of people are are pretty cognizant or you know like right. really deep metallica fans are perceptive to realize i don't know if they're better than they ever were i mean they sure. they might have lost a little bit of the hunger and they they kind of 
they kind of almost race through the songs and they take out, you know, I, I think Lars, people do say that Lars has taken out some of the drum parts. They aren't as intense as they once were. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that little bit to it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're just, just total pros. And, and the good thing about them live more than anything is, is they just, they just feel like they're, they're one with the crowd, that the crowd and them are kind of the same. They're not, you know, they, they're, they're happy to be here being so huge, playing this pretty extreme music. Um, they realize the privilege of it all. They don't patronize the crowd. They don't look down on the crowd. James, James's raps. He, he just feels like a genuine guy up there. Mm, mm, um, mm. so yeah, great, great band live. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I should I should urge listeners as well if they want the kind of maybe the definitive Metallica live performance of Am I Evil. I don't know if you're aware, Martin, of the the Big Four concert that they did in Bulgaria. Yeah. Um, where the, where it was. I mean, for people who aren't aware, it was you know the Big Four of the era, so Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, and um, Anthrax, and they did Am I Evil. But for some reason, the bassist of Slayer was absent, and I caught an interview with him online today actually, and he said that he didn't play it on live with them because he didn't think Am I Evil was a very good song. So you know, there you go. Yeah. Tom Tom Array of his, uh, his opinions out there. But before, before I let you go, Martin, how do people um, track you down? You have a website, is that right? Yeah, um, I, you know, big part of my business, my income every year, I, I do put out a lot of books, but I also, um, you know, do mail order of my own books, signing and selling them. So martinpopoff.com, there's a page for every single book with, uh, you know, PayPal buy now buttons for international US and Canada. I sign them, I ship them all out, you know, good savings. I'll give you a quote if uh, you want a few things at once. But, uh, but no, pretty much uh, of the 60, whatever, 65, 69 books, there are about, uh, I do have a supply of about 35 of those maybe 40 of those um and i'm i'm just you know signing and shipping uh books all the time so yeah martinpopoff.com and uh by email if anybody wants to email me i'm at uh, martinp at inforamp.net all right mine this has been fantastic man i really appreciate your extensive knowledge this has been awesome uh, chatting about am i evil thank you so much awesome tom thank you very cool <laughs>